Podcast. Hello, and welcome to the Social Psychic Radio Show, featuring Jason Zook. In uncertain times, we must change our focus and priorities. This show will highlight social justice issues with the goal of expanding minds and increasing unity, love, and mutual respect for ourselves and our planet. We support the Black Lives Matter movement. Our show aspires to promote social spirituality, which simply means that by coming together, we can solve any of our problems, including the goal of bringing an end to all forms of hate, discrimination, bias, or oppression. We must protect our environment, reform our criminal justice system, and protect every citizen from police brutality. When we come together, it becomes possible to bridge the gaps that plague our society and divide us from within. We the people means everyone. Hello and welcome to the Social Psychic Radio Show. This is Jason Zook. It's a great pleasure that I have the opportunity of bringing special guest Branch Isole to the show today. Author, poet, storyteller. Branch is the author of 22 books in four genres. The Power of Personal Responsibility or Its Avoidance is his writing focus. His self-discovery themes span a wide range of reflexive identity and scenarios every adult recognizes. Branch's stories explore concepts and actions of struggle and relationship dynamics across a broad spectrum. He writes of issues and emotions often experienced but not always voiced. 42 short story poems from Branch's books have been reprinted by magazines, newspapers, and easin publications alike. Branch has been a guest on talk radio programs nationwide. He participates in book festivals and writers conferences where he shares the pathway to self-publishing success with aspiring authors. Born in Osaka, Japan, Branch has traveled extensively, growing up calling many places home. Finishing high school in Rolling Hills, California, he went on to graduate from Texas State University, San Marcos, did postgraduate work at the University of Houston, and received his Oxford MA theology degree from Trinity College and Seminary in Newburgh, Indiana. Branch's books are available in paperback and ebook formats online from Amazon, Barnes and Noble, Books a Million, Diesel, Ingram, and more. It's a great pleasure that I welcome Branch to the show. Welcome to the show, hey, Branch. I, I really, I really am so excited to have us do this episode today because I, I love that you have such a unique perspective on things. And one of the things I want to ask you, you've had, you've had a broad, I, I should say extensive knowledge of spirituality. And I wanted to ask you in your writings and just in, in your life journey, how important has spirituality been to influence your actual point of view from when you create your, your writing content? Wow, what a great question. Um, like most people, you know, I grew up in um, kind of an average household where there was a little bit of religion. Uh, we were Christians, um, C&E, Christmas and Easter <laughs> Christians. But, you know, not a whole lot of emphasis on, on um, religion itself. So, uh, my journey took me where m many people 
journeys take them into careers and into jobs and then into the corporate world. And so the first half of my life was sort of caught up, uh, as I say, like many people in, you know, getting an education, getting a job, advancing a career, all the kinds of things we do to try and function in our daily lives. And spirituality as such was not a, a, a part of my life, actually. And about 35, I was really frustrated and a little depressed at the way my life was going. And I, I made a conscious decision that I would try and find truth and make it part of my life. And so my first steps in, in activating that was to respond as truthfully as I could to the people and events, you know, that I came in contact with. And <laughs> that was quite an experience. Uh, needless to say, it, it, it was a difficult jump for me, and it was really a difficult jump for some of the people in my life. So, but that was the initiation of <clears throat> my step onto a spiritual path was sort of the search for truth. And then that led me for about five years of study into a variety of different religions, mysticism, new age, um, Eastern philosophies. And what I was trying to do was see where truth would lead me in terms of its application from what spiritual paths and religions um, sort of say it is and how to proceed within a particular system of belief in that search for truth. So that got me onto the spiritual pathway. And then I had a, a couple of situations take place in my life that got me as a fallen away Christian, sort of back on the path of Christianity. And that path led me to where I am now, obviously, that I became a, a Christian content writer. Um, I write about some other things as well, but the spiritual growth that took place over all those years and started to um, sort of open my eyes, take off the blinders and see what was happening in the world around me. Um, that's what got me into the spiritual writing. I was, um, I had a compulsion to write my first book, uh, God, I believe, and I wrote it for seekers and searchers and basically fallen away Christians, people who were interested in trying to fill that void in their life that, you know, the world and the possessions of the world weren't filling. And so that first book um, is actually just a, a layman's comparative study of the different religions and spiritual pathways that, that we have available to us today in our world. And so for the seeker or the searcher, it gives them a chance to not only find out about the fundamentals of the world's different religions, but it takes 10 different questions and answers them from each of those religions. So if you have somebody who says, well, I think I want I like to be that. a Buddhist. <laughs> I'm sorry, um, you. You know, I, love, I love an eclectic 
approach. I think that's great that you can sample that and compare. Well, I think most people who are, you know, there's a lot of people who are interested in a spiritual grounding without it being tied to a, a specific religion or, you know, a heavily doctrinated religion, um, like most religions are, obviously. <laughs> but, you know, that struggle within that we all face, no matter where we are in our lives, we have situations and times in our lives when we are really struggling or we are really down. And, you know, a lot of times that's when people want to turn outside of themselves and find something that has more purpose that will then show them reflectively, you know, purpose in my own life. So, I mean, that's the fundamental purpose of spirituality in its essence is to allow us to look outside of ourselves and connect with something, you know, deeper that touches us within into a point where it actually can change our thought processes. So the, the first book was basically that fundamental base for somebody who's thinking about that spiritual jump but not necessarily um, a religion per se, but if they want to look at a different religion, then it gives them a chance to compare different religions and, and what they have to say about the things that, you know, we deal with in our everyday lives. So that's kind of the long version. No, um, and, and that book allows people then to have that foundation so that if they say, well, gee, I'd like to look into Buddhism, well, and you ask them, well, what's Buddhism about? And they say, you know, the eight paths and, and suffering and those kind of things. But is it more than that? And of course it is. And until we get into the depths of any spiritual system and belief system, you know, we really don't know. So that's what the book does. It tries to lay out for people, these are some common things between those religions and these are some differences and should you choose one of these paths here's a little more base information to get you started so it's it's not trying to convert anybody or coerce anybody into a specific religion it's trying to give people an opportunity to examine different spiritual paths and faith systems so they can make a more informed decision you know, if they want to go down one of those paths, um, any, anyone, and I always, you know, say this to people who are in, into the church heavily, you know, I don't have an aversion to churches and I don't have a an aversion to religions as long as they are feeding their congregants with, you know, a connect, a personal connection with God. And that's fundamentally what spiritual paths and religions are supposed to be about is that um, out-of-body connection that ties us, number one, to something greater than ourselves, and then hopefully ties us to each other in better ways um, so that in our relationships, whether they be a spouse or partner or intimate relationships or work relationships or friends and acquaintances, you know, hopefully we can be better people in all of those relationships. And for me, that's fundamentally what 
a spiritual path is all about. How can I become a better person in the relationships that I have in my life and the people who come into my life? Um, how can I come from my highest loving self and treat them the way I want to be treated? And, uh, you know, it's my belief and philosophy. If we had more of that in the world, we wouldn't have quite as many problems as we confront every day in our daily lives. So I think that spirituality is very important because it allows us as individuals to look beyond ourselves and find deeper meaning uh, in our own lives, but particularly in the relationships that we have and are trying to keep. You know what? Interesting that you say that because I reflect personally on things when I hear things from our own point of view, our own prison. And as you were saying that, I was thinking back to when I had cancer and how I went from uh, my life shifted, the paradigm of my life shifted, but now I, I really appreciate my relationships with people in my life, whoever that kind of relationship, colleague, family member, close friends, whoever, love interest. And I, I appreciate all those relationships because when you go through something like this, and I went through a couple of years ago, anyone goes through it or some type of medical diagnosis that may cause you to question your own mortality, you kind of shift your your focus and your priority into those that kind of context. So what you're just describing in your in your answer about spirituality, I can connect with that because I saw that paradigm shift happen within myself about a few years ago because of my own health issues. And I was wondering, have you found that as a theme when you studied this stuff and thought about it and talked to people and get out in the community? Have you seen that people describe profound spiritual awakenings or a profound paradigm shift towards sp more spiritual aspects of life after, say, for example, hiring health scare or some type of change in life circumstances for themselves? Yes. Obviously, anytime, you know, we experience a traumatic or dramatic change in our lives, it, it certainly gives us pause to reflect on who we are and who we have been and who we may be in the future. Sadly, I think for a lot of people, when they get through that trauma, it's easy to be sucked back into, you know, the stress and the, the struggle and the conflict of life that we all face in, in our daily exposure to the people and events that we come into contact with and that we experience. So, uh, you know, this is that's the whole point for the, anybody who has been on a spiritual path or uh, committed to a religion, and then they've fallen away. You know, what's happened? Well, they got to a place where, again, they had to look outside themselves to try and better understand themselves and their current situation or the thing that spurred them to go to that place of looking outside ourselves. But once we get through the trauma of the experience, staying the course then, and did it really make a change in my life? I, you know, I say, if I can get through this, I'm going to do X, Y, and Z. Well, when I got through it, did I actually stay and do X, Y, and Z further? Or did I just sort of fall back into my regular routine? And for anybody who is on a path and they fall off that path or, or fall away from that path, the, the trauma of life and the, and the drama of everyday living, you know, takes our focus back into um, survival mode. You know, how do, I, how do I keep the job? How do I get the promotion? How do I 
handle the situation with my family. All of those things <clears throat> that have been put on pause when we were facing that health situation or that um, economic situation or whatever has taken our attention and, and refocused it momentarily. The key is, is that refocus going to stay? And I think this is, you know, the, I know this is the problem with a lot of Christians is they, they believe something and they say they believe something, but they don't always act that way. You know, being a Christian, um, having that label <clears throat> to me is not being a Christian. If you want to be a Christian, then act like a Christian. And so the question becomes, well, what is that? Well, it's simple. Being a Christian is acting Christ-like in your responses and in your life. And to be on that path to respond Christ-like or as any master responded in their life. See, this is the interesting thing about a lot of religions, um, at least the, the doctrinal religions, is all of the masters, Buddha, Muhammad, Krishna, Christ, they, they all received the word from God. They all received direction from God. And in their teachings and in their interactions and their writings, if you look, they're all very, very similar in terms of this is how we should treat our fellow man. So the fundamentals are there, right? And and God is in all of those fundamentals. But what happens, what happens is when the master passes away, when Jesus died, Krishna died, Muhammad died, Buddha died, that vacuum that they've, that there's a vacuum that's created and there, that vacuum has to be filled and it's, it can't be filled by another master because there's only one master, there's only one teacher. So what happens, that vacuum is filled by the followers. And of course, in the followers are those, you know, who, crave the leadership position and the power head, headmaster post and obviously the power <laughs> and what what you find is once that happens the fundamentals of the belief system begin to be morphed and they take on a new dynamic which if you look at the core of it ends up being well how can i increase my power you know in this situation and so <laughs> the pureness of the teaching all of a sudden becomes a, you know, a religion that has a lot of power hungry people vying for that power position. And from that point on, it becomes more about what the men in power want and the struggle for that power and less and less about the teachings of the master. So the corruption, you know, Exactly. You're exactly. describing a corruption to me. If I was sitting here in a jury and you're you're, you're in a council and you're you're going through your, I'm, I'm in my head as a lawyer. I I don't always bring up being a lawyer on a podcast about the elements. Of what are what's corrupt? What's corrupt? And you keep like kind of. I'm like that's corruption. I just see it as like as you tell me, I get the word corruption off that. So oh, that's it. It's corruption and greed, basically. I mean, we as a society, our country has probably done more for the world than any other country in the history of man, we've also done more damage to the world because we've exported this desire 
you know, of the American way or the American life. And basically that's about greed. It's, you know, how much money can I make? What's in it for me? And that's what we've exported along with all the good we've exported to the rest of the world in the last two centuries. It's been this power grab and this resource depletion and, you know, I'll do whatever I have to do to get mine and the hell with everybody else. And we find this, you know, <clears throat> in countries all over the world now, uh, the struggle between the haves and the have-nots gets, gets greater and greater and greater. Yeah. And, and the struggle for resources, the, well, look at climate change. I mean, look at any of the things on the news today and we've done it to ourselves. And, and we do it to ourselves, you know, and it goes back to that religion being birthed out of uh, spiritual grounding. You know, we've turned the tables on what the master has said, and we use that as an excuse or, uh, uh, yeah, an excuse for our behavior, which is exactly the opposite of what the master was teaching. So. It's contrary completely from what, I mean, corruption is not what they, the original, you know, Buddha or any of them would have uh, in any way expected would have been the result of their, their following in the future. It's just corruption because, as you said, the, the desire and goal for power and greed and control and us versus exactly. them, all those kind of mindsets, exactly. scapegoats, exactly. all those kind of things. I want to ask you, like you say, but, all of those, all those fundamentals are, you know, love God whatever that religion's version and concept of God is, but love God and then treat your fellow human being the way you want to be treated. I mean, that's fundamentally what spirituality is all about. But to do that in today's world, you know, take somebody who truly wants to believe that and do that and then try and do it, you know, every day in their own life and, uh, that's not what the world's trying to sell us or put us upon us, or, you know, they want us to go down a whole different path. And so therein lies the struggle for the person who, you know, wants to become more of a human being, of a, a good person trying to do some good in their life, even if it's just in their own family, you know, that the changes that we make, have to start with us. And what, when you make that change in you, then you can extrapolate and try and help make that change in the people who are closest to you, to your partner, to your spouse, to your family. Then you do it, you know, in your little community or at your job and you, you it builds outward. And just as all the masters did by their examples, that's what we should be trying to do is be a better person by the things that I say and do and the way I respond. And if I can do that, that kind of stuff rubs off on people. And, you know, they, they say, gee, I hadn't thought about it that way. Or, um, gee, I want, you know, I'd like to do that in my life. And, and you can do it. The masters who were here were all human beings walking the earth, just like you and I are. But you have to want to be, you know, different. You have to want to make a change. And it's not always easy, but it is, you know, it is rewarding. Let me say it that way. Being spiritual gives you a whole 
<laughs> different sense of understanding. And in when you are spiritually grounded in that you have a, re, uh, a relationship with, you know, something greater than yourself, outside of yourself, and you search and you wish to see the truth, you'll see the truth in the world around you. It becomes so evident of what's true and what's not true, um, no matter how much, you know, they bombard you with uh, the false things of life. But it's a choice. We all have choices to make, and, and all of our choices have consequences. As you're on my show, I'm going to ask you this question. Spirituality and UFOs. What do you think would happen if and when we discover that there's intelligent life out there and how will that impact our perception of spirituality within ourselves and in our own little microcosm of earth? Well, I, I don't believe we're alone in the universe. It would be pretty presumptuous and self-righteous for us to think that in the entire <laughs> universe, we were the only life form um, you know, with rational thought, um, there's certainly been <clears throat> enough evidence or enough so-called evidence that we aren't alone. Um, I think that, it, gosh, it, it, hopefully it would make us reevaluate you know, our purpose and how we behave towards each other. If we had a common um, alien experience, um, it would probably do one of two things. It would bring us closer in terms of our defense or our growth, or it would completely, you know, divide us and, and we'd destroy ourselves. So, um, how I mean, it relates, I, I don't know about, you know, spirituality is. I'll give you this concept. A, yeah, think of it this such way. A universe, it's, oh, well, let me say, it's a, it's a, it's, it can be a universal thing, but it's such a personal thing. Um, yeah, <laughs> I don't know. Aliens or, or, or contact um, would definitely be an awakening. That's what, I was, yeah, that's, that's what I was asking you is what's your version of a spiritual awakening from your point of view when you study the spirituality the way you have from across spectrum of various backgrounds? What do you think um, you would think of as a spiritual awakening for yourself? Well, you know, a spiritual awakening, again, for me is understanding that there's something greater than self. You know, if if there's, I guess there's two thoughts of, of thought, evolution and um, creation. I personally believe that uh, creation is a fact, but evolution is the process of creation. I, I, I don't think we can not accept scientific fact of fossils and uh, paleological proof of the evolution of our planet and of the universe. But I also don't believe that that was a random <clears throat> kind of a experience. I believe that there's a, a higher power, which 
I recognize as God, who has a design and a purpose for the universe and has a design and a purpose for our world and has a design and a purpose for each one of us while we are here. The way that we can recognize and activate that purpose and the design is through spiritual consciousness. So for me, that's what spirituality is. It's a consciousness of something greater than myself that has my best interest at heart at all times, even when I don't. And if I, if I don't have that spiritual connection, <clears throat> then I'm just going through, you know, my daily life um, in the world responding basically what's in it for me. Um, if That's I have point. that, if I have that spiritual connection, that spiritual consciousness within me, then every time I have to make a choice or decision, you know, I, I have a choice. I can say, well, do I want to do this because that's what I want? Or do I want to do that because that's what's in my best interest, really? And, and that's, that's the division for me is I'm going to do the world, take the world's path or I'm going to take the spiritual path. And I believe that we are all spiritual energy and we all come from the same creator, the creator of the universe. And as, because he is spirit, we are spirit as his creatures. And as spiritual energy, we come and inhabit a body. And so we're mind, body, and soul. And then that spiritual energy is given into that being, into the, into my body. Everybody has this spiritual energy, but until that's activated, you know, I, I've got it in me. And, and as I grow as a child, I begin to know what's right and wrong in my life through the society that I'm growing up in, the family I'm growing up in. But innately, because I come from the spirit of the universe, God, I automatically have that innate knowledge of right and wrong, or in terms of God's character and nature, it's morality and ethics. Those two things live within the spirit that lives in my soul. But until that's, until my spirit is activated, is energized, I know right from wrong from my growing up and, and the society I, I grew up in, but I really don't know why. Um, it's a reward and punishment type of a situation. Once my spirit is activated, then I know why that difference exists. And I no longer just rationalize any conscious choice I have with what's in it for me. I now look at every choice I have as, if I do this, what are the consequences potentially? And if I don't do that, what are the potential consequences? And this is where the person who has that spiritual activation, that spiritual growth taking place, when they're in that situation and they say, am I going to do the world's way or I'm going to do the spiritual way? The spiritual way, <clears throat> believe it or not, lets us see the future. It, it'll, it will show you what the consequences of 
going down the world's path are going to be. You saw me smiling. And, I'm, I'm in total agreement with everything you just said about how the spirit goes, everything, spiritual energy. That's my personal, that's my conception of it as well. And so I support how you just described it and laid that out. Those are my personal concepts of how energy works with us, with spirit. And it was pretty fascinating to hear you say, it's like, almost like you were talking to me and I heard you and it's like, wait, you're telling me exactly what I, I, I think the same way. It's like a really cool core understanding of spirituality as you understand with spiritual energy. Well, what's really interesting, Jason, is is when you come into contact with someone who is on a spiritual path, you know, and is is recognizing things in their world with that influence, with that um, spiritual cognition being part of your life. When you meet somebody else who's on that same path, there's an instant connection. <laughs> You're right. You know. I get it. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm with you. I, I understand. And I believe the same thing. Uh, there could be some tweaking in there, but yeah, some words. Yeah. we're, we're, you know, we are, we are in agreement. When you come into contact with who, with someone who is not on a spiritual path, you know, you know, they're not at the same place. They don't get it the way you get it. And they think you're crazy. They think you're, you know, Jesus freak. They think you're, <laughs> whatever but you know they're just not there and and that's my point is they they have a spirit within them but it hasn't been activated to know beyond right and wrong and yeah they know right and wrong but they don't act upon right and wrong it's strictly punishment or reward and what you find with people you know especially today mm. with criminal mindsets and and I say criminal in terms of amoral and unethical they don't have to be committing crimes, but, you know, unethical behavior is unethical behavior and immoral or amoral behavior is exactly that. So that's, you know, that kind of behavior lives and breathes within people who are self-centered and narcissistic, you know, righteous and narcissistic. Exactly. And they've got spirit. They, yeah, they've got the spirit. But it's not, you know, there's no synapse connection taking place. It's there, but it has no low vibration, rational. I call it. Yeah, exactly. It's it's not vibrating where they're responding. And the, you know, that's you know, that's sort of my job in the writing is to is to write stories and short stories and poems that make people Think. think i call it the v8 moment uh, most of my <laughs> stories you know sort of have a have a twist at the end or they'll be going down a certain direction and all of a sudden it changes direction and and the reader goes ah, you know i didn't even think of it that way or man that was a v8 moment and and so in a lot of my stories that's what i'm trying to do i'm trying to write so that the reader will identify with the protagonist of the story, whether it's male or female. If you've read any of my stuff, you know, it's, you know, sometimes it's written from a male point of view. Sometimes it's a female point of view. Sometimes it's the dog's point of view. Um, and the purpose is to have them at the end of the story say, man, I didn't think about it that way. And, um, you know, I'm I'm trying to 
get people to take off the blinders and not be afraid of something they may be afraid of. Uh, you said something earlier, and I wish I had written it down, but I didn't. But the point was, you know, we go through life, a lot of us go through life thinking that I'm the only one that's experiencing this and or I'm the only one who's been hurt this way or I'm the only one, you know, that they did that to. And the fact is, we all experience the same lessons in life. They they manifest themselves in different times and in different ways and through different people that we come in contact with. But we all experience pretty much the same lessons in life. And some of them are harsh and some of them are really painful, but you're not the only one who's been in that place. And if, if you look outside of yourself and you first realize, hey, you know, this has happened to other people. Actually, it's happened to people from time immemorial. You know, it's been going on since day one. So I'm not the only one who's suffering here. And there's a lot of people who got through this somehow. And what I want to do is find out how they got through it. For many people, that's where the spirituality trigger takes place. That's how they got through it. They, you know, went outside themselves with the problem with the issue. And you know what? There's a solution. There's this is what I, I I'm dumbfounded about watching the news today. <laughs> all these, all these problems, right? All these problems. There's a solution for every problem. But nobody wants to find the solution. They all want to argue and fight over what they want you know, for themselves, for their party, for their group. They're not interested in finding a solution. They're only interested in exacerbating the problem and telling us how there is no solution. You know, and so we, we, we stumble through day after day facing the same problems and nothing gets done. If people, if, if people, have a spiritual connection, they understand things can be better and things can get done. But as long as we have all these people who refuse to get some spiritual grounding and some spiritual growth, you know, all the all the trauma, the drama, and the fallacies of their inactive and inabilities to get anything done, it, we're, we're the ones who get all the fallout from that. And that's just in my opinion, truly a shame. It's, you know, we ought to be able to fix almost every problem there is, but we'd rather fight about it and, and you know, say there's no, there's no way to fix it unless there's a bunch of money in it for me. But interesting, as you were saying, I had images of Congress just being like landlocked and I had images of like, just the corrupt aspects of, of the media when they cover political aspects of things where people start yelling and bickering at each other and you try to tune in and you're just a, a you know, you're a viewer. Like people in our audience listening to this right now, they're, they're listeners or viewers, depending on when they watch the video later. But you, you come in there with not really much expectation, but you want to be informed. And when you tune into some of these shows on TV, for example, that's what I had in mind when you were talking. You may have meant something else, but when I watch some of these news commentary shows, I try to go through on cable TV, whichever channel or persuasion you are. 
it's always the same type of thing. You get one person with one point of view, one person with another point of view, a person in the middle that's a host, and they start yelling back and forth at each other, like you just said, but there's never a solution that's offered up and there's never a consensus that's created as a result of the discussion. It's always further away or polarization where it's at. And that's where I believe things are broken right now. And a lot of people are being like prevented from, from coming up with real opportunities for growth and, and, and like you said, solutions to, to, to our problems in the middle of a Look, pandemic, you know, like everything that was happening. Well, that's it. You know, we have had a year now of pandemic talk, but in this last couple of weeks, every pandemic or coronavirus story is the same story, hour after hour, day after day. Now, what's the solution? Get vaccinated. <laughs> Wear a mask. Don't get <laughs> don't you. get into big don't go into big crowds. Thank so you. You think that that's gonna be controversial, right? In the middle of a pandemic, those three statements in certain areas are controversial, and it shocks me that it is. <laughs> well, we we all have a choice to make, and if you choose not to get vaccinated or not to wear a mask, okay, that's your choice. But, but if it's you stupid. get sick, or or if you well. That may be so, but you know, just my opinion. I'm sorry. I, no, no, I, I, understand. Well, opinion. I just get frustrated. You know, it's like Forrest Gump's mother. <laughs> stupid is as stupid. Does. Exactly. Stupid is as stupid does. So if you if you want to discount the medicine and the science, okay. But this continually talking about it's you know now it's all the unvaccinated people they know that they have a choice there's that vaccination is free i mean why are we continuing to give it all this time and all this energy make a choice get vaccinated or don't wear a mask or don't stay away from crowds or don't but I don't need you know, the statistics and, you know, how many, how are we going to beat this horse to death for the next two years? Look, coronavirus is just the next pandemic virus that's been leashed upon the world. And if you think this is the last one, you're sadly mistaken. We yeah. live in a world now where it can travel worldwide in 24 hours, and there's going to be a whole lot more of it that you just, you know, it used to be the flu. Coronavirus is going to be just like the flu. You're going to have to get a shot every year to try and keep from getting it. Certain people are going to get it. Certain people are not. The virus is going to work and the vaccine's not. And certain people are going to be ill or sick or die. That's the nature of life. You, you know, you have a choice. Do you want to protect yourself with as much knowledge and information as possible or not? But let's move on to something that's, you know, another topic that we might try and solve, like climate change. There's <laughs> another one. You know, we, we are way behind the eight ball on this. We missed our window of opportunity. We, we are not going to change what's happening to the climate. The climate is going to change us and it's going to be drastic. And, you know, people are, uh, number one, unprepared deniers you know it's just like vaccine deniers conspiracy theorists like conspiracy conspiracy theories i mean i know they were big after 
I mean, I go back to Kennedy's assassination or back to, uh, to Lincoln. I mean, conspiracy theories go way back, but their proliferation during the pandemic in the last two years have just been off the charts in terms of. Well, uh, <laughs> that's what that's what happens when you have unfettered worldwide media access, you know, from the corporations to the individuals like you and me. Everybody yeah. now has a platform to express <laughs> their opinion. OK, express your opinion. But do something about it, you know. Be responsible. Whoa! Now there's a concept. Uh, I'm just saying, be responsible of what you're what you're espousing, because if you're creating misinformation in a very, you know, it's like a, it's like a, it could, it could just be, it, it could be hard. We live in a we live in a world where people don't want to take responsibility, and that's the <laughs> bottom line. They don't want to be responsible for their choices. They don't want to be responsible for those consequences of their choices, and you know, when it goes sideways or south, they want somebody to bail them out. And, um, you know, my personal opinion, and I had kids that grew up in the AYSO period. Um, AYSO was a great program for soccer, but it was a terrible program for children's um, growth and development. When everybody gets a trophy, <laughs> where's the incentive, yeah. you know, to do your best? And but that's a whole different story. You sound like my best friend from college. We have that talk all the time, and he uses that exact example. So it's a it's a, it's a, it's a well common phrase, and it's and it's understood by me when you say that. I receive that. I understand it. So, well, we're, we're you know we're in we're our world is in such dilemma, and we have you know zero leadership from any political party. Um, you know, we've got one political party that wants to turn us into a fascist state, and we've got another political party who can't get anything done. It's like, <clears throat> you know, when you have 51 votes, you have 51 votes. That's the majority. Let's do it and move on. And then there's a filibuster. <laughs> that well, happened during the Jim Crow era. <laughs> that's so. just like religion. That's just like the religious thing we talked about. When the, when the master, when the standard is no longer working, you know, agreed upon, and you let people start to mess with the system, then you get filibuster. You get a system where 50, you know, 51 is not the majority anymore. And you need a super majority, 60. Well, whatever, you know, you may need 90. I mean, it can be anything we want it to be. The problem is we have people, you know, leading our country and legislating our country who do not have our best interest in mind. And that's on both parties. You know, it's, it's not just the Republicans. The Democrats have got to get off their hands and get with the program. You know, Obama's biggest mistake, in my opinion, he had the House, he had the Senate, he had the presidency, and he didn't do anything for two years, and he lost that power. Um, when you have people in Congress who their purported and declared intent is to stop all legislation going forward, we have a real problem. Whomever. Yeah, I'm just thinking know, back to whomever. You've been known for we that. Have a, 
we, well, we have a problem there. You know, that's not in the best interest of the people. That's against and, a democracy. When you think about it, we're supposed to have a functioning government, not a government that stands still and doesn't respond to the needs of the, of the people in a crisis. Well, if we, if we have people who will get out and vote and then people who will honor whatever that vote may be, well, that's, we might that's, have a chance to get back to that kind of a concept. Then we're, we're also dealing with the toxic aspects of what's going on in the last election and, and people being unwilling to accept the results of an election too, which creates a, a whole other thread, a whole other side story that we don't have time to even get into right now. But I'll say that it alarms me to think, you're right, I agree with what you're saying, Mike. It's a corruption of the system in our own democracy that these other things have occurred, and we need to kind of purify it and go back to the basics of, but also create a better democracy that's inclusive for everyone and protect everyone's well, right you, to vote. If you want to see the fallout from the 2020 election and what we're experiencing now, if you want to see what happens as it continues down this path, go back and look at the history of Germany from 1929 to 1933. I know what you're saying. And you'll, Hitler took over. and you'll see it. Yeah, you'll see it again. You know, George Santana said those who don't learn from history are doomed to repeat it. And that's where we're headed. You know, we our our problem as a species is we don't grow. We don't change. You know, we still respond today to each other the same way they did. 2,000 and 3,000 and 5,000 years ago. Nothing has changed in man's behavior and his response to other people. What's changed is the technology. And so, you know, we have self-centered individuals who now have power in technology to, to suppress other people economically, socially, politically, religiously, and that's in our nature. Our nature is to grab that power and suppress others, to, to keep others down so that we can build ourselves back up. That's our nature. And that's why, you know, the world is in the condition that we're in, because we refuse to learn and to grow. What we refuse to learn and grow is to be a better person. You know, I have to treat you the way I want to be treated. and that's the fundamental base that we've allowed to be um, raped, pillaged, and plundered. We no longer have that concept. We no longer, you know, our grandparents would are probably rolling over in their graves to see all the things they fought and died for, both domestically and foreign, uh, to go down the out the window and down the toilet now by the division in this country. Um, you know, the, the, I was in the army and the one thing that I grew up in a military family, but when I was in active duty, the one thing that I realized is that situation brings together people from all different parts of the country and all different lifestyles and all different upbringings and worlds. And <clears throat> that's the one place that you can be where you can learn more about other people who are in the same situation that you're in. And so for me, you know, that's one of the greatest things I think about the Israeli army is that everybody serves. So they have a common goal and they have a common good, but they get to know each other, you know, and do they all agree with each other? No, but they all get to know each other and 
when you know somebody, um, you know, when you really get to know them, all of a sudden, all of those things that you grew up with, the racism and the homophobia and the xenophobia and all the things that are so present and so in our face today in our world become evident of what they are. And it's, it's just a belief. It's just something that's really not true. If, if it's an artificial thing, it's right? It's an artificial. It's, it's, it's artificial and it's designed to do one thing. And that's to keep somebody else down. You know, there's a lot of poor people and a lot of struggling people in this country. And I'll use this. The Bible doesn't say anywhere in the Bible does it say that God wants you to be in poverty or wants you to be economically suffering. Mm. The poor people in this country, all they want is a chance. They want the same opportunity that the rich guys have, that the corporation guys have. That's all. They don't, you know, I don't think there's very few people, in my opinion, who um, hold it against somebody who's wealthy, right? If they if they earned it and they get it, I don't care how much a CEO is paid. If he gets paid that much, it's because somebody thinks he gets paid, he needs to get paid that much. That's what he earned. But when you keep the rest of the population from that same opportunity impoverished right when you keep the rest of the population from voting you know when you do these kind of things to suppress people's rights and civil liberties and their opportunity that's when you get revolution and people will only be oppressed and suppressed for so long and they're going to rebel the easiest way to rebel is to get out and vote you know you don't like the people who are in office get out and vote them out of office. It's a simple, easy thing to do. You know, vote them out of office. Put somebody else in there who's willing to work for you at least for two or four or six years. But get these people out who are suppressing you and oppressing you. And the other, we have two controls as as you and me and the people out on in the listening audience. You can vote. And you can, where you spend your money, that's the two things that you control. And you want to bring somebody's attention, you don't do business with them. You know, you you quit supporting these corporations and these people who keep you suppressed. That's all you can do. You can't fight them. You can't fight City Hall. You can't change the government. You and I can't make a difference. But we can vote and we can determine who we're going to do business with. And that's the two controls that we have, the two powers we have. I, you know, in Poland, I agree with you. When they had, when, when I agree, they had, I agree Poland, with you with that. When they, had, when they had the solidarity movement, every revolution starts because people are fed up and they've had enough and they get together with a common cause and they cause change. And we don't do that because our, our government's non responsive, but, you know, people are so enmeshed in trying to struggle every day, day to day, and especially, you know, in this pandemic era and the job situation that's coming out of the pandemic era. But at some point, you know, you have to decide I've had enough. And we just, you know, I'd love for us to have a, a strike in this country where nobody goes to work for a week. Um, you know, and would it be hard? 
hell yeah, it would be hard. But you know, what? We, you know <laughs> you gotta make people, you gotta make people in power understand that we have the power. You know, in the 60s, when people when it was people power and and I lived in the 60s, I grew up in, in high school and college in the 60s, and we truly believed <clears throat> that we had the power, and we did. Um but mom went to Woodstock and I grew up learning about the 60s and, and the and the and the cultural revolution that occurred in the 60s. And I was, you know, born in the 70s, but I respect greatly that the generation that went through that to change the stuff that made our lives one step closer to certain, you know, semblance of per perfecting our democracy with individual rights and stuff yeah. that occurred. Well, I, you know, my, my, enough, effort, my, my, my efforts now, Jason, are real simple. I'm trying to touch individuals reader by reader and podcast by podcast to let them know you still have the power, but the power you have is, is over yourself. You know, don't worry about what the government can or can't do. You've got to do what's in your best interest. And the way you do that is understanding every choice has a consequence and knowing the consequence ahead of time keeps you from making the wrong choices. Um, how do you do that? You grow and you learn and you study and, and you be honest with yourself, you know, and get spiritually grounded. People who are spiritually grounded, see the truth of all the foibles in their world going on. And it's real simple. When 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 something or someone is trying to take advantage of you, you just say stop and you don't go there and you don't put up with it. You've got options and you've got choices. You don't have to be in a situation that's not in your best interest. Um, you know, and that's basically what all my work is about. All my my writing is about is taking the blinders off, getting a hold of yourself. And doing what's making those choices that are in your best interest. Don't be down this path, you know, of, of the world being selling you stuff and, and doing stuff to you and you allowing it. The world, all they're doing is full of blame and excuses. And you don't have to be in that place. You don't have to live that way. Um, and that's what the writing is about. Giving people power to take off the blinders and go, you know what? I hadn't thought about it that way. It's powerful. Words are powerful. Thoughts are powerful. And when you take your words and your thoughts and put meaning into it and you create stories with it, and those stories are then read by others, that's where it's conveyed. And that's where your power comes, your personal power and your best is your ability to portray and communicate and share the things that you're most passionate about. And I think that's what I appreciate you being able to come on today and share for you, our audience, at least the things that we just discussed and it's inherent in your literary works. And I, I deeply appreciate you sharing your life passion, becoming an author and, and exposing what I would say is exposing the truth. So as you say, a quest for truth, but you're exposing truths and you're calling out the power bases of society and saying, you know what, if you want to make changes, you vote, <laughs> you can, you can spend your money where you want to. I add one other one though. You can also have a voice because at least in our country, we have freedom of speech. Yeah. Right. And that's what we're doing right now. We're speaking to each other. I was thinking about that too, by the way. How much of a privilege is it? You and I can talk spirituality on a Saturday afternoon with each other 
in our lives Amen. and share that with our audience and, 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 and be able to talk about these concepts by talking to about what we're discussing right now, we're identifying and, and maybe someone from our audience will think about these concepts and be able to talk to someone else about it. And little over time, you'll get some, some ripples in the, in the, in the, in the universe. And, and that's where you can start having a movement. Amen. Hey, you know, it's, <laughs> the, the, the truth is out there. It, it's all around. But, but if we don't want to see it, we won't see it. Um, and it's like, I, it reminds me of the matrix, right? The matrix where you have to take the pill Amen. to come in reality. Yeah. <laughs> I had a few matrix moments the last several years. Like, wow. <laughs> exactly exactly it it is the matrix <laughs> we're, we're in little pods in reality you and i right now communicating in our dreams but we didn't take the pill yet so we didn't see that <laughs> instead we're sitting in this awesome that's, a, that's some scary creative stuff i'll tell you but you're the creative yeah. mind i'm just saying can you imagine <laughs> the the, the, uh, the one thing you find out about the truth is when you start down that path, like Neo did, um, it, it the truth fills your heart like nothing else will. And once your heart is full, then your mind, you know, will follow. And once your mind and your heart are in sync, nothing can stop you at that point because your quest for the truth will keep you on the truth's path. And when you're on that path, you see the facade and the foibles, uh, you know, that are trying to be forced on you. And unless they hold a gun to your head, you still have a choice and you just don't have to go there. You don't have to believe their lies. Um, they're going to keep telling you, believe me, they're not going to give up their, their goal and their desire is to have you fall in line. You know, the 1984 Apple, uh, ad right at the Super Bowl, man. We're we're coming to those days, but you don't have to be part of that line. You can step aside. You can step out. You can live your life by living the truth in your life. Is it going to be easy? Yeah, it really is easy. Are you going to face a lot of flack and a lot of disdain and a lot of even from people that you know and love and trust? Yeah, because that's not the way that's not the truth is not the way of the world the truth is exactly the opposite that the way of the world operates but you know until we're in, going down the line there and about to be brainwashed or taken out you still have a choice you know desire the truth and live the truth and the stress and the struggle of the world will fall away from you. You know, it just, it will. Um, negativity can't be where positivity is. So it will go and find someplace else to be. And that's all fundamentally grounded in the truth. Um, I always tell people, see the truth, you know, live the truth and enjoy the, the truth. truth. I say be and, the and, truth, right? And, and, yeah, and, and, and do, all this stuff that's going on in the world, you'll see how crazy it is and, and what a waste of time it is. I mean, it's, and then you can start to find solutions in your own life. And, and that's what we can do is find those solutions in our life that are grounded in the truth that will work for us.
That's beautiful. Very, very poetic, actually. <laughs> but well said and very poignant and also uh, impactful. I, I have to say, we, are, we, we ran over on time, but I wanted to have all this dialogue because I don't get this too regularly on my show. I get a lot of awesome guests. But to have someone contemplating spirituality in the terms that you presented it today with us in our conversation and in this interview is it's this is why I want to have you, you on the show. This this is the kind of moment. This this is the kind of moment that I want to be in front of a microphone and record us talking because I feel like everything we just discussed, the concepts and the and the ideas and, and the call to action to get people to vote, to get people to think critically, to get people to make decisions in their own life. They don't have to follow mindlessly like the 1984 Apple commercial. Um, it, you know, images are powerful too. And I think you have that poetic license to create those images through what you say on our show today. And I hope that our audience takes heed to the concepts and the ideas we're discussing because of how important it is. I'm, I'm actually pretty optimistic about the future of our country. I think that we aren't going to go down that dark road like 1933. Uh, I just don't, I don't see that happening here, God willing. I, I feel as if the American spirit and I f- even though we have a lot of things that are happening right now that can be, be called scary, I wouldn't call it anything short of scary. Um, I'm also optimistic that in the big picture of it, the adults in, in, in the country will prevail. And, you know, I, that's just my opinion. I feel in, in, I'm not saying we have to be lackadaisical and let things just go on their own. No, we've got to be adamant and we've got to be you know, vigilant, adamant, and, and, and focused, hyper-focused to make sure that anything that's dealing with the toxicity of the past isn't replicated any further into the future. And that's going to take each of us to be directly on par with having to take the steps and the measures and the decisions. It means vote, be active, and be engaging. And like for me, if I'm in a room with people and, and they start talking about stuff that I completely disagree with, I make it known. I used to keep my mouth shut in the past when I was younger. I would not argue politics, not argue points of view, social justice, whatever it is. Now, after what happened last year and everything else between George Floyd being murdered and the election and, and, the, and the pandemic and the economy and everything else you see, I, I feel like I have to speak truth because truth resides within me with at least my own belief sets. And if someone says something that I know just doesn't sound right, makes sense or hits me a wrong way, I call them out on it because I feel like, you know what, we need to have a dialogue. And even if it doesn't have me get their Christmas cards <laughs> for the holidays, I'd rather not have to put up their photographs on my fridge if I don't believe that they espouse similar ideas and, and, and values that I do. Well, we, we, we have to, you're right. We have to stay active. We can't just roll over and die and let them do this to us. We've got to mobilize as much as we can people who, you know, are willing to protest what's going on. And I, I don't necessarily mean protest in the street, but you've got to say, you know, this is not in our best interest and we need to do something about it. So what can we do together to make it different? What can we do to make it a change? And um, it's just the way life is. It, you know, it happens in every society. Um, over any number of years, every society goes through these kinds of machinations and changes. And it's up to the people to, you know, say what they're willing to put up with and what they're not willing to put up with. And sooner or later, the voice will be heard if we keep letting it be known this is how we feel, you know, and we will take action. We will vote. We will turn these people out of office who are not doing what they should be doing in our best interest. Um, you know, 
The crazies are always going to be among us, but that doesn't mean that we have to listen to them and, and succumb to the kind of lies and, and the, the crazy, you know, it's just, we have to keep fighting the good fight. And, you know, be the best person you can be. Do it for yourself, do it for your family, then do it for your work, then do it for your community. And you'll find other people who are willing to march down that road with you. That's beautiful. I, I did do several protests last year for BLM in uh, Tampa here, and it, it really did change my perspective. When I went through the third protest I went on, the second one, actually, it was raining and, and, and it was pe- everything was peaceful. I didn't participate in anything that went in any, any negative direction, but I was lucky in, in sense of the police with us and everything else. But I'll say that I had a moment where I wasn't in the 60s, as I said earlier, but I had a moment when I marched that I felt that there was a cause I could I could see myself if I had to fight for it I would like I would be willing to be very adamant and vocal and that's why I made I, I really did re- expand my podcast after going through those experiences of going through five five protest marches it really does that's another like changing aspect of a paradigm shift that you can go through when you experience that because you see a, a larger purpose a larger a larger um, cause that you can identify with that you can really really like identify with and, and, and connect with. And, and that can shape you spiritually as well, because I feel like exactly. yeah. in, in a profound way, yeah. it, it takes the wool off well, your that's eyes. It. You know, in that kind of a situation where you have two opposing factions, <laughs> the one faction only has one purpose, right? And, and that's to put down the truth that exists in the other faction. The other faction, you have lots of different kinds of people who have one common cause or one common theme. And I don't care who the people are, that common theme is always fundamentally grounded in what's the truth. You know, the military and the police only have one duty. And yet the people on the other side of that line only have one cause. And that's the truth. Um, And that's what binds, that's what, that's what binds them together. And that's where, you know, you look into somebody's eyes who's next to you (laughs) and you don't see their color of their skin or their clothes or you see that their eyes tell you the same thing that you believe to be true. And that's why you're there together. And, uh, you know, that's where the strength is. The strength is in the truth and the recognition that why you're there is the right thing to do. The police are going to be there no matter what, because that's their job. Some of them may, you know, be sympathetic, but they're doing what they're hired to do and they're going to do their best, you know, to accomplish that. What we have to do on the other side is what we can to show that the truth is alive and well. And when you look in other protesters' eyes, you have that same kind of sense of common purpose that you and I had originally in this conversation when we were talking about that spiritual connection. (laughs) For sure. For sure. It's the same thing. It's just a different um, manifestation of of that. But uh, that's what draws the people together is truth. The military and the police are drawn together by orders, but Rich, eventually, you, eventually they won't win. I can tell you that. I love eventually truth and love will win out. I love your message. 
I have to be, I'm being, you're, you can see my facial reactions as you're talking right now. I'm, I'm not a poker face. I'm not, when I'm excited about something or I hear you tell something and it resonates with me and I connect my face, will, you'll see that. And I, I am connecting completely with everything you just said. And I almost feel like you need to be in front of a microphone more. You need to have like your own, you know, I, I, I feel like very strongly from what you're sharing right now on my show. And I'm almost absolutely positive. You've been doing this on other shows. It's, you need to have like, the, I know you have your books and I, I understand all that, but you also are very impactful with what you say. And that's well, thank you. I appreciate so appreciated. It. It's refreshing for me. Every single person I meet, I learn something from. And from you, I've learned the power of words and the power of messaging and how you can express yourself in such a way to really persuade people in, and, and, and feel that connecting. I, I got goosebumps as you were describing things. I get goosebumps when I give readings to people. I get goosebumps sometimes. It's a spiritual thing for me. It, it connects me with my spiritual side. And as you were talking about the truth and you were talking about looking into the eyes of the protesters, I remember those moments last year when everything was so chaotic with everything that happened. And I just went to go march because I felt or whatever it was, raise awareness within myself, trying to find a meaning and a purpose when you had George Floyd get murdered on TV and, and all those, all the, all the footage, it was looking for a purpose and a meaning. And that's what I, I identified with. And when you look into the eyes of the other protesters and you get to go walk and, and, and you march peacefully, the meaning is expressed in a collective in such a way that you see the power and the, and the strength of it. It's refreshing. Well, you can't deny the truth. <laughs> not at all and when you make it an argument of truth and 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 and, and falsity right <laughs> well that's there again that's what spirituality is all about it's a basic the choice truth though truth and the falsity lie. right we grew up our whole lives being taught in our fables in, in 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 our education there's truth and there's false true and false which one do you live by right isn't that a basic decision how is it that from difficult for one, some people? How one, is it that it, it's inherent in their upbringing? How is it this this difficult? It shocks it shocks yeah, me. Yeah, it, it all goes back to um, family and and upbringing and what you're exposed to and and what's allowed and, and what you're not exposed to and what you're not taught to think about different races, different right. people. Yeah. A lot of places are. Exactly. I grew up in a place in New Jersey where my, my small town, we only had a, a small token number of people that were in our class that were not, you know, Italian because <laughs> my town controlled who lived where I'm sure or there were certain housing rules. It's a scary society we live in. And I, I look forward to the future. I look forward to a world where there is a majority that isn't necessarily in control of the country, but where everyone works together. And that, and that it's not based on the color of your skin or what church you go to or what, you know, you think you should be doing because of the past. <laughs> well, that day, that day is coming. Um, we may be a, a, an experience for us in another life, but it's going to come. I feel very strongly it's coming. I think we're in a renaissance right now, a spiritual renaissance, and I think it's going to influence a lot of other aspects of our, of our world. I think people are sick and tired yeah, of division. I think people want to be united and people want to work together and collaborate with one another. So let me ask you this. It's, uh, yeah, We're, this 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 conversation took such a strong tone to it. I mean, strong, a strong connection, right? That uh, I, I lost not that I lost track of time. I love having as much time to discuss these issues as possible because it's 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 unique to create this and have this out there. But I want to ask you for our audience, how can they find you? Oh, thanks for asking. Yeah, I've got a <laughs> website and I've got a YouTube channel. The website is just my name, branch like a tree, isole, I S O L E. Uh, branchisole.com 
And on YouTube, it's just Branch Soleil. And there's over 400 um, postings on the YouTube channel. We post a, a thought for the day and a short story at least once or twice a week. Um, they're all archived at the website, but they're all available at the YouTube channel. So go ahead and take a look. Branch, I appreciate you coming on today and sharing everything. I mean, just, just what we just got a chance to discuss. And oh, let me ask you this, though. We, I did want you to announce your book coming out, if you can tell us about that, too. Well, the latest book is called Breaking Free, and it's actually the follow-up or sequel to my first book, God, I Believe. Those are both um, nonfiction, talking about spiritual growth, um, you know, spiritual grounding, attainment of that spiritual relationship. So God, I Believe, sets the stage and, and is sort of the foundational book. The new book, Breaking Free, takes it a little further down the spiritual path. So um, those who read the first book, if they want more, then they go to Breaking Free. And, and it just kind of develops more of the fundamentals um, that the first book presents. So uh, one spiritual grounding, the other is spiritual growth. Perfect. I appreciate you coming on today. Thank you. Greg. Yeah, sure. Thanks. I just want to thank Branch for coming on the show today and sharing uh, just an amazing, passionate conversation about spirituality and how to interplay in our society. And through his literary works, he's really worked um, shaping minds and helping people look at com complex dynamics of spirituality and also other things. But one of the things I really appreciate is having the candid discussions we had today. I think that once we have the ability to talk these types of issues and express ourselves, that's when people gain an understanding of different points of view. And one of the things that I do value the most in, in having this platform is being able to look at things critically with an open mind and being able to have a paradigm shift. Paradigm shifts are so critical in our world. It's so important. That's when you take the one set of lens that you look through and you switch them out and you see a bigger complete picture. A lot of times too many of us fall short and don't have that ability. And I, I advocate for a paradigm shift. Branch is one of those people who's a change maker. He can contribute to helping you look at the world in a different lens. And it's a better lens, trust me. It's not the kind of lens you're going to look at and you're going to regret going and looking through again. You probably may just take off the old glasses and not put them back on anymore. But whatever it is, keep this in mind. Keep an open mind and always stay positive and look at things critically. Because with spirituality, it's so critical and important that we become grounded. And we, became, we, we get more in touch with ourselves and with one another. Check out Branch's website and check out Breaking Free. And I just want to thank Frank Branch for coming on the show again. Stay positive because when you're positive, anything's possible. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Social Psychic Radio Show. Don't forget to join us for another episode next time. If you enjoyed the show, we'd love for you to subscribe, rate, and give us a review on iTunes. You can also check us out on Facebook. And don't forget to visit the Social Psychic YouTube channel. Until next time, it's a big world out there. Keep an open mind, embrace your paradigms, and know that the universe is always yours to explore. Today is working for me. Do you believe that for yourself? Hey, I'm Pastor Julie, and I want to empower you through encouragement, inviting you to my podcast, Big Truth Encouragement, where I unpack living a faith-filled life. I created my podcast for the ladies, but gentlemen, you'll gain something too. So I invite you to listen to Big Truth Encouragement on Electricast and any platform where you listen to your podcast. Electricast. 
Welcome to the Candle Power Hour. Come with us backstage behind the scenes of show business spanning over four decades and bringing you the experiences that can only be told by the people who were there. Our guests are from the A-list, the F-list, and everyone in between. Get set for some of the most insane, hilarious, and inspiring stories you will ever hear. I'm Mercury. And I'm Diego. Your host for the, the Candle, Candle Power, Power Hour. Hour. Electric Act. 